Hey everybody, it's Talking Jake here, and I want to tell you about a new podcast and video series you're not going to want to miss, The Deal. Every week, A-Rod and Bloomberg reporter Jason Kelly speak with big-time athletes, entertainers, executives, Maria Sharapova, Strahan, Jeter, and more. The Deal takes you behind the scenes into those worlds of sports, media, and entertainment. From Bloomberg Podcasts and Bloomberg Originals, you can listen to The Deal on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you get your podcasts. Hello and welcome to Talking Baseball, the winners and losers of the offseason, the most improved, the least improved. We're talking all about it. Boom, 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 boom. Hello and welcome to Talking Baseball. Thank you very much for joining today. It's brought to you by Seat Geek. And if you've been enjoying our run here of an episode a day every day until opening day, thank you very much. Subscribe to the channel because it is still going as spring training rolls on. There's still some more moves that need to be made. Mm. Some teams can still improve. But right now, we're going to cut it. Unless someone signs during the episode, that'd be wild. And uh, we're going to let you know who improved the most and who improved the least. And that's the episode. Trev, you excited? I'm very excited. There are still some big names out there, which is crazy because we're like, you know what, deep into spring training now. But, you know, there were some teams that really went after it this offseason. There were some teams that kind of stood pat. Um, but I think all in all, this is going to be a good ep. I can't wait to hear what you guys have to say. I, I think I have some, some takes here that are, are going to be possibly – a little controversial, but that's what I do. I'm a hot take guy. Me, Stephen A. Smith. Jake, what's up? Trev, James, Davis, a little little jealous of Trevi right now. He's in probably my my favorite ski place in the, in, in the well, I don't know about the world, in the U.S. Um, so uh, while I was skiing on ice in the Northeast this weekend, I was like, God damn it, Trev, Trev, have fun out there. Um and yeah, man, I, again, I've been kind of juicy Lucy. The city hit 50 degrees this week. There's baseball on the TV screens. Like, it's go time. We're going to wake up tomorrow, and you're going to be live streaming with us at 6 a.m. for that Korea game on March 20th. So get ready. Jim? I'm excited uh, for the weather, although I haven't been, like, uh, enjoying it that much. Uh, and for the baseball, I'm very excited. I've been outside that much during like the nice day times of the weather. I did go to an Italian restaurant last night, Fanny's in Bloomfield. Ooh, and um, what'd you get? Everything that kind of hooked us up. Their uh, listeners are enjoyers of the content, the uh, owners. And they let me guess, two guys, <clears throat> two guys that own it named Joe and Anthony. Yeah, it's pretty funny. Uh, Joe and Anthony brothers own Italian restaurant together. It's like that's, that's America. That's Italian America right it's there. Joey's. Oh, man, I haven't overeaten like that in a long time, though. I used to, as like a young 20-year-old, that was like every meal. So, oh. so last night I was laying in bed like, oh, but it's so good. Uh, a lot of stuff that I can't really pronounce uh, without looking at the menu because it was like fresh pasta and mm. appetizers Ooh. and uh, mm. desserts. It was delicious. So I'm reeling off that. It was really good. And I'm excited to talk ball and hurt some people's feelings because they're um, going to get upset. Mm. Okay. And lift some people up. Yeah, some well, people would be happy, I think. Yeah. You guys get to talk about the Yankees on this episode, oh. and no one can fault you for it. So I think that's a win for you guys. And my twins. Interesting. Um, 
Let's start it off. Start off. Uh, where do you want to start? Do you want to start most improved? I know you have one, Trev. I have one. Uh, there's a team that jumps out to me that as I, you know, continued looking and reading, I was like, oh, I like that. The improvements they made a ton. Okay. So do you want me to just start you us kick off? Kick it off, Jim, because you like the phrase most improved, not necessarily like won the offseason or anything like that, but the yeah. most improved. Yeah, and it's not it's also not like rankings, like best team going next year, because from the roster you ended with versus what you have now, or like what you did last year now, like you improved. Uh your D backs. Mm-hmm. Yep. I yep. really like what they did. A couple moves, but I spit on me. I really like it. Um, if you want to remember what they did, they brought in uh, Eugenio Suarez to play third base, yeah. Jock Peterson to DH, uh, and Erod to join the rotation. All of those guys were positive F4 <coughs> players last year. They didn't lose that much. They lost our dude, Evan Longoria. Mm. Uh, bless his heart. Love him so much. Leadership. Yeah. 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 But the more I was digging into... Like, you know, they needed third base and, and DH. I was looking at last year. If you sort by OPS positionally, Arizona was all over the board. They had some good positions, some mediocre, but they had two. They were the uh, bottom four. So they were 27th out of 30th at two positions when it comes to OPS, third base and DH. And then when you go look at the game logs for those positions, at DH, Lourdes Gurriel Jr. Uh, played 50 games. Pavin Smith played 30. Tommy Pham they brought over. He played 24. Longoria played 25. That's a lot of people. It's a lot of decision-making and trying to ride hot hands, find flow, move around a lot, dance into it and out of it. You look at third base, the most games by a third baseman was 59. Emmanuel Rivera and then Josh Roas, 45. Well, Suarez played 162 last year. And Jock Peterson played 121. So just kind of the ease of management there and knowing your guys and like the steadiness already. And then you look at the stats, the San Francisco Giants at the DH level, at DH, which uh, obviously Jock wasn't all of the games, but he was a good chunk. They ranked 11th. So you're jumping up last year. Uh, you were 27th, and now you traded for a guy who was a big part of the 11th best at OPS. That's a big upgrade. And then with Suarez, like he wasn't above average, but he played every game, and he was uh, they were 20th in OPS. But Suarez, he also had a weird year and didn't like it in Seattle. But I just like the needs were like not only like lightly filled, they were like clogged now. And I like that for our guy Tory and decision-making. And then Erod helping in the rotation is good because they have front-end guys. And if Erod can just give him innings and relieve the pen and be steady in what he's done, like, I don't need him to be even a three or four. Like, just, hey, be an everyday guy that gets you into the sixth inning, and that's going to help the other, everyone out. So I really like what they did. I, I thought we are going to save that one for Jake because I know he was looking at them snakes, licking his chops but i agree with you james there were some clear needs for this team and they clearly filled them uh, i love when they brought you suarez over we all talked about like this what, what what's seattle doing like that's a guy that's gonna pump you 30 homer sure he's not he's gonna strike out some and they're trying to get away from that in seattle but this he's an offensive threat and you, you mentioned 
you know, they were barren there at third base. Love you, Longo, but they just didn't get it done last year. And now they're bringing a guy where they can get it done. I believe uh, Grichik is there as well. So him and Jock can platoon there, uh, you know, depending on the matchup. Um, I think the biggest thing for them, too, was we talked all last year. Oh, they, they don't have enough starting pitching. They don't have enough starting pitching. Well, they have their two guys, Merrill and, and, and Gallon. And then Fott showed up in the playoffs. So you're banking on him. You bring in Erod now. It's like now you have a staff. Like that's something that we couldn't fathom at the beginning of last year. And now I think it's one of their strong points of their team is, you know, their starting rotation, which is awesome. So I agree with you. I love the Snakes offseason. And it's going to be interesting to see them go up against the Dodgers, who I'm sure we'll talk about briefly or shortly uh, this year. I think, uh, you know, they took it to them in the playoffs and now they get to do it for 162. It's going to be fun. Jim, you're a big decision fatigue guy. Why yeah. bother? Yeah. And what, what you just laid out for the Snakes is there. Like, hey, if there's a lefty on the bump for the other team, you know what? Gritchick, get in there. Jock, you're out. Let's roll it out there. Maybe we'll get Alec Thomas out of the lineup if we need to. Everything's set. So I, I think for this team, and obviously as we start getting into baseball season, you can literally say this for any team. If When the injury bug kicks in, like, you know, that, that changes every team's outlook. But this team has... Like, Corbin, you're the star. Go up there. Cattell, you're kind of the two-man. Like, if, if, if Corbin's not hot from three one night, we're going to give you the rock and go get it. Christian Walker at first base, and everything else just fits. Like, Eugenio Suarez is a perfect example. If he's coming into the season as your three-hole hitter, you might be a little nervous. Like, you know, Eugenio's had some high highs and some low lows. Eugenio Suarez as your six-hitter? You're like, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, you... I, I like the snakes too. Hmm? Hmm. I think we have to just say like congratulations, Dodgers. Like you're also one of the most improved teams. We don't have to really get into it. You get Shohei, What'd you get, get Yamamoto, you get Glass now. I mean, like Tay it Oscar. doesn't stop. Tay Oscar. So just I think just congratulations. They did Dodgers. lose Johnny really DeLuca. Your guy. Yeah. The Rays now. Better opportunity. Paxton comes. Yeah, so congratulations. That's not my team, though. What are you seeing, Trev? So, so just I, wait, just to let Dodgers, like, we all agreed kind of Dodgers are one of the, one of, if not the most improved team, but it's a little bit of a boring stock in answer. In theory, they're the most improved team. Yeah. Yes. Oh, it, I'm half taking them. Okay, all right. If we none of us took yeah. them, I didn't want, I wanted yeah. to make sure. I'm going to combine two said, okay. I think we kind of all half took them. Yeah. Yeah, right. they're there. Okay. Great job, guys. Way to go. How much did they spend? $1.2 mm. billion? I like that. Shohei's only Good getting two. Yeah. Only $2 million this year. That's incredible. I keep forgetting about Bummer that. Yesterday. Um, I, I interpreted this discussion a little bit differently than James. James wanted to go most like, okay. okay. I'm going to go a little off the wall here and bear with me. And basically, it's because I read an article that had one sentence in it that just got my juices flowing. Okay. I'm going to go with the Houston Astros. And you're like, Trev, what, what do they do? Well, they didn't need anything, right? Like this is a team that's gone to seven straight ALCSs. Mm. And here's the line. They're a postseason team that needs postseason toys. And Josh Hader is the perfect example of the genre. That's excellent writing. And it's true. 
Like this team is so scary already. They had some guys take a step back last year in the starting rotation. But I think you could bank on them coming back and doing it. The lineup is almost perfect. Um, what they have on the field, like decision fatigue never comes into play there because they don't need to make any decisions. You just run that lineup out there day after day. And now on the bullpen, you you move arguably like one of, if not the best closers in the game to your setup guy because you bring in Josh Hader. When you get to the postseason, like they are going to do, like in the they're going to be in the ALCS. And now all of a sudden you have a new weapon in the back end of your bullpen. Like that's just, they didn't need to go out and do this. They did it, man. They signed him to the second largest contract ever to for a reliever to make their team just that much better. And that's where they're at as a franchise. So I just I just love that they didn't stand pat and say, you know, we're already there. We're already doing it. It's just luck in the postseason. Once you get there, things happen. No, bullshit. They understand what needs to be done, and they went out and got this guy. And now, like, they can shorten games. Like, I'm curious to see how they use Presley. Is, is he going to just be in the eighth inning now? Could he come in? earlier in the game like there's a lot of things that we'll have to see how uh that plays out in their bullpen but bringing in a guy like josh Hader to a team that's already already is what they are i just love the move man so i'm giving them my pick for most improved it's the fun part of this exercise because if if josh Hader and incoming white Sox shrapnel if josh Hader signed with the white Sox, we'd be like all right hey maybe in two years he's He's still on the back end. Like, the Houston Astros, I, I haven't heard us say it in a while because normally we say it around midseason. The seven straight ALCSs. Man, that's a, that's a dick punch. Uh, that Yeah, that Josh Hader for them <laughs> is a really significant move. And that's, you know, you mentioned Presley. Like, he's been nails. Abreu was one of the best relievers last year. And that's like, you know, if Rafael Montero clicks... It's ignoring that their lineup and rotation and everything gets them to the postseason every year. So I, I like that. Pretty pretty cool party trick in Houston. And him and Presley in the uniforms, they kind of got a good Houston back-end look yeah. to them. Righty-lefty. Do, do you think they will interchange, like say, talk about decisions, right? You're getting to the postseason. And now you're facing a lineup, and maybe they got uh, all righties coming up in the ninth, like the middle of their orders, right-handed heavy. Do they switch and have Hader throw the eighth, and all of a sudden Presley's throwing the ninth? Like I, I don't know Hader splits right off the top of my head. I'm sure they're not I think that Hader crazy. Wants to close. Like, is he only going to? I'm just. It's going to be fun to watch how they handle this situation because you have two of the best in the game. Hater last year was actually better versus righties. Okay, there you go. 147 batting average, 488 OPS. Jeez. And I think there were some Presley quotes too that was like, yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to be cool. <laughs> so, yeah. I don't know. I like monitoring it, but I think, I think it's one of those, like when the Red Sox close the World Series with Sale and everyone's like, that's actually kind of pimp because like he's the yeah. guy. <laughs> Hater's the guy. He's the guy. Yeah, and before we move off the Astros, I mean, they also have addition by subtraction or addition from within with getting uh, Yiner all the starts, the catching position. So that is an improvement that he's your starter over what they had last year. They could have done that last year. So it's a little bit of a weird dance, but yeah. they did upgrade at that position even though it's from within. Also... Um, 
McCormick, I don't know. He missed time because he was hurt. And then he did play a lot, but they seemed to always sit him. And people were mad about that, like, like one day a week. Maybe he gets more run this time around. At the end of the year, he played all of September. So that was a weird one. Yeah. And they signed Altuve to a, a, a lifelong deal, essentially. Like, it's things are good in Houston. Right now. When Dusty D-bagged Chaz McCormick. He buys him pudding all the time or something like that. It's like, yeah, he's not the core. <laughs> it's like, damn. That's tough, man. He did play a ton. There he was, was one. Really there good. was he one. Was incredible. There was one stretch in in uh, August where he was getting a day off every five days, and they were like really upset about it. But he was still playing like a lot. I don't know, but yeah. So addition improvement from within for those two, which is what the Jakey boy are trying to say. You guys know I'm I'm a books guy. I'm always reading. Can't get me out. Um, yeah. That's and what everyone says about you. Just a reminder, we said at the top at SeatGeek, make sure you guys download the app. Use code TALKIN, $20 off your first time using SeatGeek. Go steal everyone's emails. SeatGeek hates when I tell you that. Um, but log in using SeatGeek. Go see Trev's Houston. Why not? You know where they're going to end up. Yanks are there. Might see a World Series team. Download the SeatGeek app. Code TALKIN, $20 off your first purchase. Uh, I'll do a little bookend because the Dodgers do deserve a little more love here. Uh, I know, you know, the perennial 100-game Dodgers, Freddie, Mookie, and all of that. Just want to read through it again because there's also kind of what Jimmy mentioned with Yiner Diaz. Shohei Otani, okay. Best player to ever play the game, cool. Uh, Yamamoto, people think for his age and a free agent pitcher and his talent, he can be special. It's it's a lot of eyes going to be on him early on. Yes, huh? I can't that's, wait. To that's see going to that be first some. Start. That's going to be some must-watch TV. And is he going to be their opening day starter? I know we were talking around around the office about that. It's like him or Glass now. Interesting. It's interesting, right? First games in Korea. That's interesting. Oh, weird. James yeah. Paxton takes it because James Paxton's on this team too. And I, I know again, not flashy, but when you look at the prices of pitching. Um, his resume, and the fact that we were all surprised he got 19 starts in last year. Um, the other Yiner Diaz thing, Gavin Lux is going to be back. Like, Gavin Lux is supposed to be a part of this core. That guy was a top-five prospect, misses the year with a weird injury. So, uh, and, and I think the other thing when we laid this all out on the sheet, you guys know where I stand with Glass now. I, I think his stuff is kind of unmatched in the league when he's right. Um they lost, and I'll just read down this list quick. Shelby Miller, Ahmed Rosario, Pepio, Johnny DeLuca, Ferguson, Almonte, Bush, Victor Gonzalez, Peralta, and J.D. Martinez remains unsigned. So J.D. Martinez mauled last year, right? And then it's like, okay, well, no. Shohei gets that, and he'll he'll probably end up closing out the World Series. Um, that the, the Dodgers put together kind of a legendary offseason, so I did want to hit them uh, just again on the way by. Uh, and then, you, again, why I'm always talking about books <laughs> with you guys. Always. Uh, the other side of that book, the Kansas City Royals, who when we looked okay. at their record last year, uh, I think everyone was like, damn, it got that bad. <clears throat> it got that bad in Kansas City, and it sure did. Uh, so they added two starters, Seth Lugo and Michael Waka, two guys who had nice years last year. Hunter Renfro, sure, you know what you're going to get with uh, knockoff Trouty. Um, and then I love what they did. We're just doing the whole bullpen. Will Smith, come yeah. on through. Chris Stratton, why not? John Schreiber, they just traded for him. Nick Anderson. Um, 
And so now if we're going, so, okay, we're revamping the whole bullpen. Let's see what we can do down there. We had a two major league starting pitchers that have been at it for a little while. Uh, I mentioned Renfro and then like Adam Frazier. I know we're going to talk about him later, but you know, he's, he's going to contribute somewhere. And if you want to play the young guy card, our guy Pasquatch missed pretty much all of last season. So again, this is where most improved gets a little tricky. If these Royals find a way to bang out 76 wins this year, they'll be 20 games better. <laughs> but I, I think the product in Kansas City, at least for the until the trade deadline, should be prettier. I agree with that. I mean, the Tigers also improved as well. It's just... Second place, Tigers. Against what? And um, the Twins don't think they improved. The I Twins. Know. We're not talking about the Twins right now. Oh, sorry. Right. We, we might, be talk- might be talking about them next We might segment. be talking about them. We might be. You're totally right. Slipping. Look, I'll get happy for you and your book simulation, whatever you just talked about. You don't, you've never read a book in your life. Um, <laughs> I'll, I'll talk about the it's Yankees. It's been about like seven years, The Alchemist. Oh, I, I like that book. Thank you. Um, the Yankees. I'll talk about them. Oh, really? I want to. Yeah, they had a good one. I don't know if you guys saw that. They brought over Juan Soto, Alex Verdugo. Mm. I mean, that's a it, that outfield is going to be something special. I mean, putting those two guys together, Judge and and uh, Soto in the same lineup, plus Verdugo. Like, I'm curious to see what he's going to do in the stripes, man. I feel like a lot of times you get put in that uniform and things change. I, I'll say it, man, because guys say it all the time. It's a little heavier, isn't it, Jake, when you put those stripes mm. on? So I'm curious to see what he does. I can't wait to see Marcus Stroman pitch in New York. I really can't. It's going to be great. He's going he's gonna to have the upper lip kind of curled. He's going to be freaking a menace out there. He's going to be strutting his stuff. I mean, he seems like a guy who's going to love that pressure. We'll see. If it make, he makes it through the entire season loving that pressure. I think sometimes it might get to him a little bit. But, I mean, you guys really crushed it in the offseason. So I'll give you you know, a little golf clap. Go Yankees, go. I mean, the it's impro- be a fun team to watch. Do you know who the improvement versus last year is, in, is incredible? It really is one of the most. I mean, do you know who had the most starts at in the five-hole last mm-hmm. year for the Yankees? over? I can't wait to hear this. And who's going to be the five-hole this year? Uh, Stanton or? Stanton Glaber. Stan Rizzo Glaber, yeah. Who was it? Harrison Bader. Most starts okay. in the five hole. IKF had the most starts in the six hole. Now you're looking at like, you know, Verdugo, Glaber, DJ. Just it's it's much better. It's, Roster sucked last year. It's funny seeing the articles we clicked around before this. You know, the only real plus war player they lost was Michael King, who spent most of the year in the bullpen, was awesome as a starter, and he was the trade chip for Juan Soto. So like Yeah. Yeah. The uh there's some addition by subtraction with this team. And then there's Juan Soto and Stroman yes. and Verdugo. So, yeah, I mean, Trev, you're going to hear about it a lot. Because when they rolled out, they rolled out their, I think it was their second spring training lineup. It was like six deep and Judge wasn't in the lineup. And Yankee fans were really. I know. Really and Juan Soto hit the ball off the scoreboard. Good. I texted everyone. That was pretty nice. <laughs> he did. That was a nice text, Trev. Pretty nice. I love that. That made, that made Zach really happy. He hasn't stopped talking about it. Zach didn't wear a hat today, and he's got his sex hair going on. It's, like, distracting. I love Zach. I guess that was just for All right. Me. That was most improved. Congratulations to the teams that we mentioned. Uh-oh. 
And now? Least improved. Oh. This one's tough because there's a lot of teams that didn't do anything. Cool. Go get them, Trev. <laughs> there's a lot. I mean, hey, Marlins, you, I guess yeah. they made some moves, but we're probably not going to talk about you too much. TA, Nick Gordon going over there. See how that works out for them. Who wants to go first here? Stop talking Marlins for clicks. Um, I'll do it because uh, they already think I hate them as uh, every oh, no. team does. And like the Blue Jays didn't improve. I still think they're a good team. I'll say that right off the bat. They have a lot of good players. But my goodness, they didn't improve. Why not? I, I'm more confused why not. Well, they tried. They tried to get some of the big dogs and it didn't work out for them. Are they going to sign Chapman? If, is IKF their starting third baseman? Because then w- they brought in Yario Rodriguez. Yes. Uh, Justin Turner. I like Justin Turner. Yes. And IKF. And I'm, I'm not really understanding why they didn't do more. Um, I hope they get Chapman. They lost Matt Chapman, a 3.5 F4 player. And they're saying IKF's going to be their everyday third baseman. Not a 3.5 war player. Uh, They lost Brandon Belt at DH. They replaced him with Justin Turner. I think that's interesting. Righty, lefty stuff. I don't know how much that affects the rest of the lineup. I should go check that out. For doing war in, war out. Sure. Yeah. Um, Olds that can hit. So they did not hit. I like that. They're still good but they didn't improve from last year, in my opinion, unless like everyone on the roster that's still there personally improves. That's what I think they're banking on. You know, they're banking on Vladdy to have a huge bounce back year. They're looking for Manoa to, you know, I mean, they have a solid rotation. Manoa comes back to, to being any sort of what he was his first two years. That's great. Uh, So I think there's a little bit of that. Like, Hey, like we have the guys here. I agree with you. Like there are some moves that still can be made in bringing back your guy. Chapman, but I guess we don't know his asking price. It's got to have come down now that we've seen what Cody Bellinger signed for. Like, if Boris is going to be willing to do deals like that, short, opt-out deals, like, anyone can go get these guys and, and improve their team. So, you know, hopefully for Toronto fans, that uh, becomes the case, and you, they go and, and, you know, bring uh, Chap back. Uh, because you're right, they do have a good roster, but they didn't do much or really anything this offseason. Yeah, I mean, for for a plane ride, we thought Otani was going to be a Blue Jay, and it was like, okay, that's the lefty they've been looking for. It's bizarre. I mean, the the Yankees that don't openly talk about anything talk about the Blue Jays' top of the lineup being so righty that they're like, oh, we kind of love that for our relievers. Like, that's (laughs) like we just we just throw out why is a good Clay Holmes, whoever, whichever righty's fresh, and like go get him. And I, I think having that mindset as an opposing team, I mean, don't get me get wrong, those guys are class players. Springer, Bichette, Guerrero, Justin Turner. Um, but, yeah, just it feels off, and you wonder what else was missed. Like, is Chapman coming back? Is there what, – what trades have been discussed? Because I love their pitching. I really do. I mean, I took their rotation. I think they've got dogs. And, like, if Manoa bounces back, my goodness, Tiedemann, uh, the – the young lefty, he's supposed to be a guy guy that I wonder if they're looking to trade from that at some point um, because it feels like they're missing the lefty bat. That Toronto, when this team was up and coming, was like, boy, these Jays are going to hit and hit a lot. 
And now the lineup for me is the weakness. Like, the outfield defense is a thing. The pitching is great. Um, after that top of the lineup that's very right-handed, uh, I don't. it's a lot of question marks. I'm going to just – I'll go with mine. I'm going to stay in the AL Central for both. I'm going to give two. Uh, I will talk about my twins a little bit. I don't think that they had a horrible offseason, but I, I, I do think there were – there's chances for them to get better that they did not take. Um, they lowered payroll, um, you know, citing kind of like the TV deal, but the TV deal kind of got figured out and they still cut payroll. This is a team that finally won a playoff series, you know, finally has this core there. And like I said, they've made some moves um, uh, and made some trades and, and, and all that. But I think that there was more in the tank. And I think a lot of twins fans um, wanted them to, you know, Pushed down on the gas pedal a little bit, and the front office basically just said, "No, we're not doing it." Or the ownership basically said, "No, we're not doing it." So there, I know people in Twins territory are, mm. you know, not exactly stoked on the off season. And I will say, like, you have to admit, like, they didn't. It's not great for them uh, this off season. But my team that I'm going to pick is the mm. Cleveland Guardians. Mm. Like any team in the AL Central right now could go out, make themselves better, and be like in contention to win that division. We always talk about it. No one's running away with this division. Um, you know, the, the Twins didn't get necessarily get better. Um, the Tigers did get better, and, and they're kind of on the up and up. But, you know, right now, if we had to talk about it, we're saying the Twins are going to win the AL Central. And guess what? Like the Guardians could catch them if they made some moves, but they just they just haven't been able to do it, whether that's they don't want to do it whether they don't have you know the resources from ownership to go do it. Uh, Jake, you have been in a fight with their front office for years uh, because they can't pull the trigger. They can't find a, an outfielder that can bang the ball around. And they just, every single offseason, and a lot last year we talked about too, like this team could be close to being you know like a really good baseball team, but they just don't go out and make the moves. The only team, people they brought in uh, this year or this offseason, Scott Barlow, Great. You know, he's going to be good in the pen for you. But that's about it. They bring in Hedges to be the catcher. You get Stephen Vogt as your manager, but what else? So this is a team that needed the right, uh, like a right-handed bat, a corner outfielder, uh, and they just didn't, they didn't do any of that. So last year, 27th in OPS, 27th in runs, and they didn't do anything to improve it, man. Like you could have, there's, there's just moves that could have been made and they didn't do anything. And I, I guess Cleveland fans, let me know how you feel. But I think uh, we're all in agreement that this is, there are a couple moves away and they won't do it. Yeah. I think that you look at the Tigers and the Royals who are improving and you're like, how much does that get them there? And you compare them to the rest of the division where you have, White Sox in their own messy situation. Guardians just being yeah. like, hey, I think we can compete if we stay still. Like, at best, they got to our level, which I don't know if it's true, but I think that's what they think. And then the Twins saying, we're going to go with our cost-controlled rookies. We think they are just as good, if not better, than the guys we traded away. And just banking on that working, which can can very well work. The Twins can, like, be good. Or they can be looking back and be like, shit. Yeah. We opened, we, like, closed the gap for the Tigers and Royals by not going out and getting a frontline starter. That's, I mean, the twin twins fans, that's what they wanted. They wanted to go out and trade for cease. They, I mean, 
even Corbin Burns being available for what he was available for, like that would, you know, they have some people that are ready to help other organizations at the top of, you know, uh, the minor leagues that are knocking on the door. The Twins could have made these trades and they just didn't do it. Um, but yeah, the guard, the Guardians to me, it's I, I, I just, I want them to be good. I want our guy voter to have some thump in that lineup, and they just don't. Yeah, like for for the Twins, you could say we won the division, and like you know, we we've got our plan. We're going the the guard dogs. You you didn't. Uh, and you fell off pretty hard. And I know there's a ton of use, youth, and that's how they operate. But it just feels like they've gotten so far away because we've done this three, four off seasons now. Free yes. agency, I get it. The the big dogs play with the big wallets, and I don't know if that can ever be changed in baseball. If if we adjust CBAs the right way, in theory, we always talk about you know it'd be great if those teams, when you have a window, go for it and get the payroll up to a buck fifty, and then. Okay, if Cleveland's got to reset for, you know, Pittsburgh, cycle through it. Um, not perfect for the sport, but it's where we're at. Like, free agency is used to, hey, we need a right-handed bat in the middle of our lineup that can play some corner outfield and play DH. Like, why weren't they in on Teoscar for a multi-year deal? Or why weren't they on Lourdes Gurriel for a multi-year deal? Even if they did something like that, we could look at this team and be, you'd feel a lot better. Just like, hey, you did that. You're telling the boys you're here. Um, and I know that probably wouldn't dictate their season either way. It's going to be whether the young talent makes a leap. But it would be nice to have a little help. J.D. Martinez. That'd He's still nice. out there. You know, and the Twins the twins and the Guardians are perfect trade partners. I don't know if that's ever going to happen. I, the division Ooh. thing is always weird. But, like, they, they could help each other out. Hmm. I'll, uh... I'll go quick because I feel like it's a team that hasn't been discussed a lot this offseason, and they have been discussed a lot of offseasons previously. I'm going to go with my Padres, and I'm, I'm sorry, Padres fans. I know, I know you guys can be hot to trot out there. And I, Michael King, you won't find a better dude in his stuff. Go check some old Talking Yanks episodes. I said make that guy a starting pitcher. He's got the pitch mix. Like, he's awesome. Um but the price of that was Juan Soto. Like, all the graphics that are coming out these days that Juan Soto's, like, I think he's younger than four top 100 prospects. Um, yes. I think he, younger than Adley. Like, a lot of these guys that are, you know, are the new stars of the game. Um, so, Juan Soto, that's fine. But look at all of these pitchers. I mean, A, my Royals, Waka and Lugo, bang. Nick Martinez gets a nice little contract uh, with Los Reds. And then Blake Snell, the Cy Young winner. So, I don't know. The Padres have kind of been off the radar. And not to give too much TPP stuff away, like, I don't think we've done them. I don't think we've recorded them yet, which means... They were waiting for them to do something. Well, there's well, that. And they're looked at as, you know, kind of a top-half playoffish team. But we just talked about my snakes that made it to the World Series. The Dodgers gone Dodgers. Giants had a very gianty offseason. And these Padres, when you start doing the the math parts in, part out, it's kind of like, whoa. Like where that's a lot of innings. That's a lot of innings. And Juan Soto and even Gary Sanchez, who was like huge for them for stretches. So, man, I don't I don't know. But it but what I'm curious aren't they? Like shedding 
They shed $80 million in payroll. Like, I think, like, you know, their goal wasn't to improve the players. It was to stay. It was not to get incredibly worse while shedding payroll. So I agree with you. They are one of the least improved rosters, but I think it's by design. Yeah, but I guess it, I just, I feel like it hasn't been talked about. Like, I think if we, I think if you've turned on MLB Network or Athletic or us, um, <laughs> Or I guess I'm making shots fired at them. It would it would be like you know those Padres they they still got a ton of talent like it's Bogarts, uh, it's Machado the the top of that Tatis. lineup. They lost a lot, man. That I don't I don't think you can currently have a conversation in the, them with the D backs, and I think people are still doing that. Well, well we we I think we there's like a, a little bit of a clause that like the owner was dying and he spent a ton of money to see a championship before sure. he dies and then he passed away and now they're like getting out of that. But it's also awesome and respectable that he did that. So I think there's a little like uh touchiness caveat to like not shitting on it because those sentimental reasons that it took place. About shitting on it. Yeah, I mean look, this uh just two seasons ago, last season, like we're talking about Padres like World Series or bust type mentality there, and now we're just not. I mean, you lost arguably a top three hitter in baseball. You lost a Cy Young winner, and you lost Josh Hader. So, like, that's that's tough to make up for that. Again, some of this is by design. They they were at two hundred and forty nine million for the payroll last year, and now they're down to one hundred and sixty. So, you could say they did exactly what they wanted them to do. Just didn't improve but, the team. Yeah, but it sucks. It sucks for Padres fans. It does. Bummer. Bummer. All right, so that's most improved and least improved, and now we're going to move on to mm. favorite move of the offseason. and we can kind of, I think, combine these two: favorite or most underrated move. I think that could kind of do a little bit of both there. I I do have two separate ones. Uh, I'm interested okay. to see where you guys landed. Uh, and this segment is brought to you by our Jam Football Combine. Go check that out. They had the first part of it released yesterday on the Jam Football channel. A lot of good John Boy Media people in there, good content. Jimmy was laughing on his couch last night. I was laughing on my couch last night. Uh, so make sure you go check that out. And if you haven't been checking out the Warehouse Game Blitzball Battle tourney that's going on, if you still haven't seen yeah. the, the Ploof Bros take on the John Boy Media Bros, Good game, good game. Um, and all of them are good games. Chris Rose and Peter Moylan are as good as it gets in the booth Fantastic. for what we're doing. Uh, entertainment, even some raunchy Chris Rose came out last game. I was like, whoa. <laughs> uh, off so make sure you guys go check that out. He's got that in him. Chris Rose has got sure a little does. sneaky side to him. He does. Mm. Um, who's uh, oh, I'm blanking. Shit. Can I get oh, my I feel favorite so move? bad. Who's the Pirates athletic writer that is uh, warehouse Nesbitt. fan? Steven Nesbitt. Nesbitt. Steven, God damn it. Sorry, Steven. Hot. Um, he texted me that he, he, he joined and watched with the live chat for the first time. And he was like. It's a different experience. Yeah. it's at, I, I think if people haven't done that, they don't realize that. He said, caught my first premiere. That format is cool. I was like, yeah, it's wild. Thousands of people there like shitting on us or joking or like just. So good. Really adding to the experience. If so, someone throws like a gross strikeout pitch. Just seeing the chat just go off for a minute. Uh, good times. So check it out. Sometimes uh, it's fun. Talk. Sometimes it's not fun for me because I get a lot of <laughs> shit talk to me in those chats. Uh, yeah, everyone gets their uh, 
They treat you like you played pro ball, and they treat us like we're chunky hobbits. I don't know. Well. Yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. Well. Go on. I want to get my move. Great. I do I do have two. I'm not going to I'm not going to lump it in. Uh and my, I'm going to take the obvious one off the board for my favorite move. Uh similar to what James was talking about. You know when you have like uh your puzzle and you're like, "Damn, I need this one piece." And then it's just like right there and you get it and you put it in and then you're like, "This is great. I just finished the puzzle." The Orioles going and getting Corbin Burns. That's exactly mm-hmm. what it was. It's insane that they were able to do that. It was we talked about that a lot. Hey, Orioles, you need to start a pitching. Then they had a couple guys really step up. Bradish steps up. He ends up getting hurt. Okay. Uh, Grace Rodriguez steps up. He's going to be a guy. They needed they needed a front, front end starter still, even though those guys took steps forward, uh, especially with Bradish getting hurt. Going down getting Corbin Burns, I think we said on the show, like, did, did people not know he was available for, for that price? Like, every team should have been offering – everything they had for this guy. I know it's going to be for one year, um, but he's a difference maker. And for them to go out, understand the assignment, see the puzzle piece and say, oh, there it is, and just plug it right in, I thought, I don't know if there's a better move in the offseason, to be honest with you. It's always funny when it comes to trades. It's that the, the other team has to want what you got, and Joey Ortiz, who the Brewers might be plugging and playing at third base, we'll see. They like his glove, and he might have the hit tool. We'll see. Uh, Deal Hall, like, you know, he was a big-time prospect. It kind of faded off, and then he showed it in the bullpen that I think the Orioles were kind of wondering, are, do we try to make him a starter again or keep him in the pen where he was good? So in the Orioles' head, they traded a prospect that was blocked. And yeah, there's a, so many a, infielders a, there. And a reliever <laughs> for a year of the best starting pitcher in baseball. So, yeah, tough to dislike that. I think a lot of teams could have made that move. And Corbin Burns helps every single team. I do. I think the Brewers like what they got back a lot. Sure. I mean, they have a controllable starting pitcher, like five years of control on him. They got a guy they think they can play the infield a little bit, possibly be their shortstop too of, of the future. But the Orioles taking that step. And, and look, they could have done more too. Uh, their yeah. payroll is very low for a team of their caliber. I know they're banking on a lot of the young kids, the homegrown talent, all that. Uh, but this move was just was so dang good. And he looks good in the uniform. I was oh, worried about that. Okay. I was worried about that, but he looks good. That's good. So that was your favorite move or your underrated yeah, move? Yeah, that was my favorite move. Should I get my underrated move? Because I will. Do it. Whit Merrifield to the Phillies. Okay. Uh, when you get to – I just think when you're, we're talking about teams on, on that level, you know, we, we consider the Phillies, uh, I don't know, a top five team in baseball. I would assume somewhere around there bench becomes paramount. Like you have to have depth. Uh, and when we look around benches, a lot of times these rosters are pretty thin, but having a guy like Wed who can step in and, and play some outfield when need be, he can play, you know, some middle infield if need be, even some corner, he can kind of bounce all over the place. Um, gives you some sort of platoon advantage against lefties. He's been better against lefties in his career. Uh, he can pinch run late in games. He can kind of like do it all. Uh, and for, you know, one year, I think $8 million cheap to get a quality bench piece like that for a team that, you know, they don't have a lot of question marks. They have their lineup, the guys they want to put out there, but to have wit as security, you know, it's a little, it's a blankie, you know, does James have a blankie, baby James? That he yes. Carries around? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. He's like Lionel. He's like, it, it's everywhere. Yeah. 
Yeah, so this is like their security blanket. Stole it from the dog, actually. Whit Merrifield, like a blanket. You heard it here first. Like a blanket. So I like that move a lot. I think it's going to help their team immensely. I have two favorite moves. Just closing on Wit. He's 35 now. He played a buck 45 games last year. Like, hey, Whit Merrifield playing 100, 110 this year. I, I know a guy that just turned 35. Like, the body starts changing on you. Those rates might. I am 35. I forgot that. Forgot. I was like, who's he talking about? And I was like, I'm 34. No, I did just turn 35. Uh, I have a favorite move that might surprise you, okay. the listeners at home. But when we sat down to record the episode about it, it was probably the one move I was like, I fucking love this move. And it was the Royals extending their dude. Okay. Yeah. Like, I know okay. it's not a one-year move. I know it's a little different, but I love that contract. And Jake wasn't there for the episode, but I mean, that was the most, I was like, I, w- I hope everyone does this. This is good for him. It's good for the Royals. It's good for the fans. Like everyone, this is a three-way win. I love that move. Uh, it's good for the future of Royals baseball. So that's my favorite move. But if you want like um, a more like free agent trade move. Transaction. Uh, transaction. Mm. Um, my favorite move, five years deal, 170, very funky contract, March 1st, 1130, Snell the Yanks. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Put we it out laugh. there. Yeah. Yeah. I'll be careful. Who's, are, are you guys going to break that news? All they got to do is be like, Snell, we'll give you an opt-out after year three. And in year one, you're making $2 million bucks, And in year two, you're making forty-five, Or whatever Tiny the fuck they got to do. Just copy the Dodger shit so you don't get the, you know, the money's different. The, We're going to make him free. 110% tax they got to pay. I thought I was the future guy on this show, but apparently you just stole the title from me. Yep. James is living in the future. Yep. March 1st, Friday. Okay. 11.30 p.m. Well, news dump. Future guy killed me. Um, <laughs> yeah, we'll see. I'm, I'm back on the Snell's Naughty Yankees. Oh, it's zero, train, but, 0%. But when it happens, Jimmy had it first. 0%'s been loud, and it's pissed me off. Jim, I've got good news for you. BBD's dead. Yeah. Okay. It's um, good news. My... Favorite transaction, favorite off-season move that I'm going to take is one that I know you like a lot. Okay. So you can we can piggyback that a little bit together sure. if people don't want to roll can, with the Snell you news. You can add it to my top three. Well, I also did the Bobby Witt one. A team that was pretty quiet for most of this off-season added a 25-year-old left fielder who was a top prospect that was been breaking out for free. The Atlanta Braves traded for Jared Kelnick and they just took a couple bodies and then they moved those bodies. The Atlanta Braves got Jared Kelnick uh, who kind of was putting it together last year and then he got the the injury, kind of self-gave. What's that phrase? Um, Self-inflicted. Self-inflicted. Nice, fellas. Um, So the... He turns 25 in July, excuse me. Um, You know, hits free agency in 2029. Remember when you see all that Atlanta core and how long these guys are going to be together? I think Kelnick just joined the party. And it's like, oh, well, shoot, what did they have to give up? (laughs) Nothing. Nothing. Um, So I I think his favorite move of the offseason, the Braves bringing him in. 
I, you know, Seattle, not traditionally a hitter's park. He'll be down in that lineup. Won't be a lot of pressure on your kid. Uh, that's, I think, favorite move just for all those. Not too bad. I mean, does, do we have a full chart of that? I mean, Marco Gonzalez, they, they got him from the Mariners, and then they yep. flipped him to the Braves for a player to be named later. Or Braves, cash. Braves flipped him yeah, to the Pirates. Pirates. For a player to be named later or cash. So, whatever. That's So, they just paid some money for Marco? Like, is there, they're going to lose some money on that yeah. transaction. Yeah. Um, Evan White, they took, they paid his and just put him on waivers? I think so. So, it in looks, the end, you would like just see the money. Looks like pirate as well. You would just no. see the money, right? Like, so what in the end, how much was Evan White's contract so remaining? I think he has like 15 mil over two years. Okay. So that's 30 mil. And then I, we don't know the full Marco Gonzalez because the Pirates might be giving money back. But how much was he? Because in the end, you can just be like, they paid for Kelnick. They bought Kelnick. Yes. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and Marco's <clears throat> getting 12 to 5 this year. So 40 mil? What was the first chunk? You said 15, 15. for two. Uh, you, you guys oh, no, 15 combined. Oh, combined. And then 12 when the Pirates might be sending some of that money back. I would say $20 million for five years of Kelnick. Something like In that. In which they pay Kelnick as well. Right. But that's basically what they did. Cost them just money. I like that pick. I like the fact that you... Tied it in with the core being there until, you know, 2030. Here this guy is. He's going to make league minimum, and then he's going to go through some ARB. Uh, but I agree. I think oh. I think it, it would surprise me if we didn't see some really good seasons out of Kelnick in Braves uniform. He's 24. Yeah. He, he's got a chance <laughs> to put it together. Stop hurting yourself. Yeah. Evan okay. White did end up uh, – I, I misspoke before, and I said Pirates as well. He – was flipped to the Angels for Fletcher and Stassi, and then I think Stassi was flipped again. They were doing some flips and flips and flips. Miss that part of the offseason. Uh, Kalnick threw June 1st last year, 846 OPS. So, you know, that'll be probably the low man on the Braves, but still not, not uh, too bad. The Braves also sent that, that number one prospect, Jackson Coer uh, and Cole Phillips. So it wasn't straight cash. Um, So that... Favorite Didn't they just get Coar from the Royals? Yeah. Like right before, so that was nothing. Out of 40 yeah. man juggling and... And I think his stats last year were like 20, 23 games, a 6-4-3 ERA. The Braves got yes. bored of being bored. All right, enough. They're bored. They were bored and they got Kelnick. Um, my underrated one, and I think some talking baseball uh, people, because I said it when it happened, and I was wondering where all the free agent contracts were going to sign. And this is a little bit, I guess, fading... I think that could be your underrated one, too. It could be. I, that's what's where these categories overlap a little bit. Um, I want to give the Jammer Candelario signing a little bit of love. Um, the Reds could have easily stood pat. We had all these young guys. We're still looking for positions for a couple of them. Like, someone will figure out first base. They went out. They got Jamer. And I, th- I think for a chunk of people last year, they were like, oh, there's a guy on the Nationals breaking out. Jamer's been hitting. Um, his, his, his last four years, he's been a 112 OPS plus, and that's with one season that kind of anchors it down. 
Um, and that was part of a historically bad Detroit Tigers lineup. So uh, the fact they went out, they got a switch hitter because they were a little righty-ish. They get another switch hitter, uh, so that can break <laughs> up the lineup. You plug in Jammer, and it's kind of what I was saying about the Guardians. Like, if you do that one move to show, like, hey, we're we're in this. And they did some pitching moves, too. But And it's three years, $45 million, So it's at $15 million a year that even if the Jammer contract doesn't work out perfectly, that's something you move on from pretty fast. Like, remember when we all found out that Patrick Corbin was in the last year of his contract? We're like, oh, shoot, that's already over? Um, so I, I thought that was kind of underrated. I, I like it. Um, I like it as is. I like it even more if that means they trade some of that talent, right? You know, and and go out and get a need. They they did bring in some starters this off season, but I think you know that's an area you can look to or some bullpen help, just some pitching help in general, um, because they have a lot of guys there that you talked about that are kind of all infielders, and we're trying to find the right positions for them. And this is screams to me that somebody's going to get moved. We, I thought, we all thought it was going to be Jonathan India. That hasn't happened yet. Um, I could see them holding on to their depth and then at the trade deadline, shipping a few guys out, getting what they need because I think the Reds are going to be right there in the NL Central. So they have the pieces to improve their team. He obviously already does it statistically alone, but now if you have some guys that you can part with to upgrade different parts of your roster, then I think it becomes an even bigger win. So I do like that move. I was It was a little weird when they first announced it because you're like, dude, you already have people like this on your team, but the switch hitter aspect is good, and I like it. What'd you stumble into, Jim? I looked at Kelnick's spring so far. Oh, no. Oh, it's nothing that's real. It's just fucking funny. Uh, he's gotten five at-bats, play, five at-bats, five plate appearances. Guess how many pitches he's seen total in his five at-bats? Ooh. Six. Trev? Eight. Seven split the difference. Uh, That's crazy. Guess how many balls he's seen? Zero. Zero. Oh. His spring training so far, very early. Usually, Trev, if I'm not mistaken, the Yankees, when I watch them, they take pitches. They they yeah. want track. They want to track. They want to get in a rhythm. They want to like see it. It has gone first at bat, uh, first pitch ground out, second at bat. Um, swinging strike, swinging strike, swinging strike, nice. strikeout. Third at bat, first pitch line out. Fourth at bat, first pitch pop out. Uh, fifth at bat, first pitch ground out. He has swung at all seven pitches he's seen so far in spring training. So he clearly is trying to do something. It does. Ha- Some guys do like that. Like I was a guy that wanted the track. Some guys like I'm going to get my swings in right away. So I don't know if that's just coincidence that he did that or that's his uh, that's his plan. But I like that. It's good good research right there, James. I know when you're I know when your head's down and you're on the the keyboard, like something good's going to come out. And that was good. That's just bizarre and funny. Likes feeling human body cra- craves contact. Get some wood on the bat. <laughs> Let it know how oh it feels. yeah, don't we all crave contact? Trev, I had a lot of contact yesterday. We were I was just gonna say we were we were nice to each other this episode, which probably means you got laid last night. Um I love I loved how you tied up the end of Jamer there. Uh because think about some of the contracts we've talked about this offseason, like Giolito getting a big boy contract. If mm-hmm. they could turn Jamer for a couple years and that allows them to trade India for a pitcher or whatever, instead of having to go to free agency and paying that 
22 mil or whatever it could be, you can just get it for a trade transaction. So I, I thought that was really good analysis by you, man. Thanks, bro. Dylan sees to the Reds. You heard it here first. Oh. Wow. In the Snell signing and the cease news. We're living wow. the future, guys. In the year 3000. Such a future show. Yeah. We do live in the future. It's true. Mm. All right. The future's right now. And it's then. Good episode by everyone involved. See you guys later. Enjoy the baseball. Go watch Kelnick. Oh, please. Next pitcher on, should guys. next pitcher should come, roll the ball to Come him. say goodbye. Come on, Kyle. Everyone Force tweet if hand. everyone tweet if he swings. You had a live crowd behind you, Jake Sucks. I did, Hudson. It's tough. Live show? I know how to do live. Live of them. Oh wow. wow. Yep. 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 What's up, boys? What up? It's nighttime by you. Oh, what's up? <laughs> We're about to hit the slopes, guys. Yeah. It was a great episode. Hey everybody, it's Talking Jake here, and I want to tell you about a new podcast and video series you're not going to want to miss, The Deal. Every week, A-Rod and Bloomberg reporter Jason Kelly speak with big-time athletes, entertainers, executives, Maria Sharapova, Strahan, Jeter, and more. The Deal takes you behind the scenes into those worlds of sports, media, and entertainment. From Bloomberg Podcasts and Bloomberg Originals, you can listen to The Deal on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you get your podcasts.